0: This episode contains some sensitive topics. Please listen with care.
1: If you're struggling with your pension, you're not alone. Luckily, PensionBee is on a mission to help. Every month, join me, Philip Alam, with a panel of experts on the Pension Confident podcast as we tackle your personal finance questions. From how to talk to kids about money to how your relationship status impacts on your finances, it's all in the podcast. Available right now wherever you like to get your podcasts. Just keep in mind, though, that anything we discuss should never be regarded as financial advice. And when investing, your capital is at risk.
0: I'm Emily Bellet, and you're listening to The Wallet. In this mini-series, Banking Bad, we explore six true crime stories all about money. We've gone from the abuse of New York icon Brookhaster to the Netherlands, where the greatest bubble story of all time took place. But today, we're back in England, where a random excursion with university friends led to Patrick Foster borrowing money from drug dealers, and the parents of school children, he thought. Until he was eventually caught and lost everything. Patrick is a former professional cricketer. After getting a sports scholarship at one of the top schools in the country, he became pro at 18 and got called up to the England under-19 squad. And in 2006, he turned up to Durham University to start his degree.
1: I had a year left on my cricket contract and life was pretty much perfect. It's Saturday morning. Patrick is tired. It's only two weeks into
0: university, so he's been partying. I
1: was a bit hungover from the night before. And then
0: someone knocks on his door. A bunch of students that he met recently are heading off to a betting shop. And they ask him if he wants to come. He's never been to a betting shop
1: before, so he's looking around, getting a lay of the land. They're not actually very pleasant um, environments. I'll be honest, um, very male-dominated, testosterone-fueled there was sport on every tv screen different sport there was a real buzz in there too so i i kind of loved that um and it felt a little bit weirdly like a bit of a sort of dirty secret i watched a guy play on a roulette machine and then once he punched the machine kicked it stormed out the shop i sat down in the chair i had two pounds in my pocket left over from the night before and I guess being a overconfident, arrogant, slightly naive 19-year-old boy that I was at the time, I thought to myself, well, what's two pounds? Who cares about two pounds? If you lose two pounds, it's not going to make a difference to your life. I put it in the roulette machine. And 12 seconds later, having put it all on green zero, because it was the only number that was different from the others, and the last number to come up, two pounds became 72 pounds.
0: Patrick can't believe it. 72.4 student is really hitting the jackpot. So he starts gambling more fun. Nothing major. The odd bet here and there in the batting shop between classes. But then Patrick injures his ankle and he cannot play
1: cricket. He's let go by his coach. And I found that really difficult. I'd been the person in life that had never really struggled with anything. So I didn't want to admit it. I didn't want to talk about it. And I didn't want to address the kind of feelings and emotions that Came with that, I did not should tell a single person.
0: Patrick graduates and goes to work in the city like his friends. He starts working in insurance and making a lot of money. So he starts gambling more. And one day his bet pays off. He gets a pay rise and a big bonus from his job in the city. To celebrate, he puts £500 on a football accumulator. And he makes £35,000. He doesn't go to his family or his friends and share the news. He just quietly starts
1: gambling with it. I thought I was absolutely invincible. And I essentially started trying to win £35,000 every time I gambled. It didn't give me the same feeling when I won less than that. It didn't give me the same rush, buzz, dopamine hit. Patrick gets so carried away that
0: he ends up burning through £35,000 winning in just four weeks. And when it was gone, I wanted it back and I started trying to win it back. So he places bet after bet after bet. But he can't
1: do it. The money is gone. I started to feel guilty, embarrassed, ashamed, stupid. I started to combat those feelings in different ways by drinking a lot of alcohol, by sometimes taking drugs, and life starts to go in a very different direction. The only thing that really Became important in my life was having loads of money because a lot of people did have more money and bigger houses and faster cars. And he thinks, I want to make money like that. And the fastest way to do that is to place a bet. I would go to the betting shop at lunchtime. I would go and get a sandwich and I'd go and sit in the betting shop after work. I'd go straight to the betting shop. I'd go to a casino in the evening. There was a lot of toing and froing between the office and, and where I used to go and do the insurance broking, so there was always an opportunity to, to pop into a shop on my way there, on my way back, and at first that would be five minutes.
0: But then he starts spending more and more time in the casinos and betting shops. An hour, two hours.
1: And then I'd lie about where I'd be.
0: Patrick realises he's got a problem. He needs to get out of this environment. Change his routine completely. Stop hanging around with other people with lots of money and fast cars. So he quits his job, moves to Oxford and becomes a teacher.
1: I thought, well, as a teacher, I'm going to be at school all day. I'm not going to be able to to gamble in the same way that I can working in the city. So he starts his new life. It's so different from his life in the city. He can't step off to the betting
0: shop during class or take tours to gamble at the casino. But then he discovers online gambling.
1: You've got a casino in, in your pocket.
0: So he starts gambling wherever he is. At his desk, on his phone, on his tablet, on his laptop. Now he's gambling 24-7.
1: I just thought to myself, well, I I should be able to deal with this myself. Um, And if I need to stop, I can stop. But now
0: he's a teacher and his salary isn't what it was in the city. He needs more money. He's in debt. So he goes to the bank and borrows money. He takes out credit cards, but he burns through those quickly.
1: So it was at that point that I then turned to a lot of payday loan companies. Give me two choices when I go
0: online. A payday loan is a small, short-term and expensive loan that you borrow with the agreement to pay it back, along with high interest and
1: fees, when you receive your next paycheck. Mr. Wonga, you're number one. I didn't have a clue about payday loans and the implications of them, but as far as I was concerned, it was an easy way to make money um i would seen adverts i'd obviously look them up on the internet and and i could see that you could get loans almost instantly um and so i did and it was just a question of well let's get it's i could honestly get a payday loan in and i became very good at it in in minutes um i would go i would go onto the internet um I would search up a company, I would enter some details in, I'd often lie about some of the information, um, and money would be transferred into my account, sometimes within an hour, um, some certainly within 24 hours. The the ridiculous thing about it is some of these companies I borrowed probably a £1,000 off, some of them I probably paid back. In some cases, triple, quadruple that because the interest rates they charge you. But it's actually terrifying because I probably lost that money in minutes. The loans are growing in the background, faster and faster. And I just started to take out more and more. Um, I eventually took out 23 different payday loans. Before the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority,
0: imposed caps on payday loans charges in the UK in January 2015, The highest payday loan cost would be extremely high, with some lenders charging annual percentage rates, APR, in excess of 5,000%. The overall cost on payday loans is now capped at 0.8% in interest per day. So if you borrowed £100 for 30 days and repaid on time, you'd pay a maximum of £24 in interest. This is still expensive credit, equating to an APR of 1,270%.
1: I just couldn't deal with them or manage them. So what I would do is I would just ignore them. Um, I would make, at first, I would kind of make a token minimum payment every month, which in some cases didn't even cover the interest that they'd charge over that month. And then as time went on, I would just ignore any communication from them. Then it started to be very difficult to take those kind of loans out. And so I I took out guarantor loans. Um, I lied to people about why I needed the money or I forged signatures on contracts, um, things that obviously I look back on now and I can't believe I did and and obviously regret enormously, but that's what the addiction was doing to me. It then got to a point in about 2016 where I had about £200,000 worth of debt. Um, And it was at that point that I had exhausted almost every option when it came to bank, payday loans, credit cards. Nobody would lend me any money.
0: Patrick's Gambling Edition has reached a point where he has 76 accounts with online bookmakers, 65 different names, and VIP status with seven online operators, often requiring annual spending of at least £30,000 to qualify. He had received close to £110,000 in free bets from bookmakers to encourage more betting.
1: And so it was at that point that I then started to turn to individuals. But I didn't want to turn to people that I knew um, because they'd find out what was going on. So I turned, I started to compromise my position at work. Um, and abused my position at work because I started to approach parents of pupils that I taught for money. Um, I wasn't stupid; I was very aware that these people were wealthy. But there are only so many parents that he can ask for money,
0: so he starts looking elsewhere.
1: I started to turn to drug dealers, um, gangs, as anybody that I could get any money off. He's taken
0: out so many loans from organisations and people and drug dealers that he now has no idea how much money he even owes. It's now around half a million pounds.
1: I was absolutely crippled with anxiety. How on earth am I going to pay off my debts, bills? How am I going to keep getting away from this? Am I going to bump into somebody that I owe money to? It was was, was crippling, Um, but nobody had a clue. And I was incredibly good at hiding it. I had depression, I hated myself, I hated the world, I hated everything I was doing. I just couldn't stop. And the fear of being found out and the implications of being found out were more scary um, than the feelings that I was having, although they were terrifying in themselves. And then he gets a
0: call in Easter 2018. It is Headmaster. They've been receiving complaints from parents and other teachers. Patrick is under investigation.
1: So if I lost my job, which was obviously inevitable, the house would go as well. And he realises he's going to lose everything. I knew some of the things that I'd done in the background, um, fraud, forgery, theft. And I thought I was going to prison. And prison terrified me more than anything.
0: But then he has an idea, a way to avoid prison to pay back the loans, to wipe the slate clean.
1: And I think one of the ironies of a gambling addiction, it's similar to other addictions in many ways, but where it differs is ultimately the only thing a a gambling addict ever thinks is going to solve the problem is the thing that's caused it in the first place, and that's to gamble the way out of it. No alcoholic ever tries to drink themselves sober. But as a gambling addict, I thought, all I need to do is win the money back. So in 2018, he sees the Cheltenham Festival as the perfect
0: opportunity.
1: I essentially had four days to try and turn £10,000, which I would borrowed off somebody, um, into half a million pounds before the world found out my biggest secret. He gambles all day, every day. I can't explain how stressful it was. And I built up a bit of money, I lost it all very quickly, and then I panicked again, I put on a series of speculative bets, and I had one bit of luck that will never ever happen again, I don't think. The £10,000 that I had started with at the beginning of the week became about £58,000, which obviously is a life-changing sum of money. But weirdly to me at that moment in... My life—it was worth nothing because it had to be ten times that amount, and it wasn't real. It was a number in the top right-hand corner of a computer screen in multiple gambling accounts that needed to be ten times that amount. So time was running out, and, and on the Friday, which was the day of the the Chartland Gold Cup, which is one of the biggest horse races in the world, I did the most stupid thing you could possibly imagine.
0: While sitting in a classroom filled with his students, Patrick decides to put it all on one bet. All £58,000.
1: One bet, one horse in one horse race.
0: Everything is resting on this one horse. His freedom, his house, his job, his reputation, his relationships.
1: Ah. <laughs> uh. I watched the horse come second by length, sat in a history lesson with 18 children in front of me, um, doing some work. My whole world come crashing down.
0: Unbeknownst to the classroom of kids sitting in front of him, Patrick has lost every single penny he has.
1: I did attempt um, suicide in, in various different ways that I don't need to go into the details about, um, but then eventually just before throwing myself in in front of a train, I I decided that that was the time to tell somebody. Um, And I reached out to my best mate in the world, who's my younger brother, um, and just told him. Um, And I don't think he ever understood at the time quite what was going on or where I was at, because I think his response would have been very different. But actually, he responded in a way that just made it all seem so simple um, because he basically said, look, just do not do what you're about to do. Um, And he said, whatever's going on, he said, talk to me. He said, be honest with us because they all knew in their heart of hearts that something wasn't right, that I was struggling with an awful lot of things. And he said, look, it's time to be honest. Um, But he reassured me that he would And my family would give me the support that that I needed. And and that stopped me doing what I was about to do, which was honestly the best decision I've ever made. Um, I took myself home. I came clean to everybody, which is without doubt the hardest thing anyone ever has to do. Um, But as I say to anybody who's ever in that situation or a similar situation, people's response and reaction is often very, very different to how you think it's going to be. Um, um, my family, my now wife, they didn't react as I'd played out in my head for however many years, and um, where I thought I was going to get disowned, um, that they would be so angry. They weren't. Um, and they recognized I had a problem and that I needed help. But as again, I always say to people, the one thing they said to me at that point, which will stick with me forever is we promise to support you and stand by you, but you've got to play your part as well. Um, and it was at that point that I knew I had to stop. I just didn't know how to, um, and I surrendered control. Um, I resigned from my job. I had no option. Um, I didn't go to kind of caught and face criminal convictions immediately which i thought might be the case um and i went i went to rehab um and i spent several months um having therapy counseling um treatment support for an addiction i honestly didn't think existed when i was younger and i started i certainly didn't think happened to people like me um But it was the best thing I've ever done. And and those few weeks, along with the support of my family, friends, and a fair bit of determination have allowed me to stand on my own two feet again. I haven't had a bet for five and a half years. I don't intend to ever have one again. And whilst life still has its challenges, it's a hell of a lot better than it used to be.
0: Thank you. Wow. Can you give me, I I know we could spend like two hours on this, but could you give me a few quick tips for, for people who are listening to this episode, who are in debt or, you know, really struggling with, um, with money?
1: Money is really stressful. One to address your question about debt is that there is always a way out of debt. Um, and there is a lot more help out there than people think, um, I benefited from financial support from a charity called Step Change. I didn't even know these sorts of organisations existed. I didn't pay a penny for their services. And they, they helped me so much, particularly when it came to kind of dealing directly with payday loans, with banks. Um, they consolidated payments. They just made it so simple, which took away a lot of the stress because it meant that I didn't have to manage that. Managing 23 different payday loans, goodness knows how many banks, credit cards, and 113 different individuals was stressful. And it it took away that stress. But also the consequences of using an organisation like that don't last forever. Um, And short term, they really help. But things like my credit rating, in the immediate aftermath I mean, I don't think you could have had a lower credit rating, but nearly six years on, through a lot of hard work, I've built that back up. I'm now in a position where I've actually been able to get a mortgage. Um, and so it just shows that six years seems like a long time, but actually in the big scheme of things, it's not. And you have, you have to kind of deal with the immediate kind of situation and think about that and address that and not think too long term um the personal and private debt that i've got as i say will last for a long time but every day that goes past every month that goes past i'm closer to being debt free and i'm on that journey um but the one thing that a lot of people do and and obviously gambling really doesn't help is they try and deal with debt um by almost taking more money to deal with it and and that that's not the way to deal with it it's address the situation and make compromises in other areas but also probably one of the strongest messages i've got for anybody is that gambling is not a financial solution to debt please and i feel really strongly about this please don't turn to payday loans um if you are struggling financially, which, as I said, is, is really stressful, um, actually seek professional support or advice in whatever form that comes with. But payday loans are never the solution. Um, there, there is always a better solution than that. Um, other than gambling, I don't think there's a worse way of dealing with any sort of financial difficulty than a payday loan company. Um, I just don't think they should exist personally.
0: Remember that there are alternatives to payday loans. Emergency savings, so building an emergency fund can be a vital safety net. Even small regular contributions can help cover unexpected expenses without resorting to high-cost loans. Credit unions in the UK offer affordable loans to their members, often with lower interest rates and more favourable terms than payday lenders. Learning to budget effectively and seeking financial counseling can help you manage your money and avoid the need for short-term loans. There are also various government schemes and programs designed to assist you facing financial hardship. These include benefits, grants, and support for specific needs. If you need support managing debt or if you're struggling with debt, you can seek professional help. Of course, if you find yourself overwhelmed by debt, consider seeking assistance from debt charities and financial advisors. Organisations like StepChange, Citizens Advice, and National Debtline can provide guidance and help negotiate with creditors. Consolidation. Debt consolidation loans or services can help you combine multiple debts into a single, more manageable payment, often at a lower interest rate. You can negotiate with credit cards. Reach out to your creditors to discuss your situation. They may be willing to offer temporary relief or adjusted repayment plans. And finally, financial education. Invest in your financial education to make informed decisions and avoid falling into debt traps in the future. Remember that seeking help and exploring alternatives are essential steps in managing financial difficulties. The emotional cost of debt is real. But with the right support and strategies, it is possible to regain control of your finances and improve your overall well-being.